Welcome to a podcast from Alive Church in Newark. We believe that the gospel changes lives, so we hope you're ready to hear from God, be challenged and inspired. Here's our speaker for today. And so I'm a little bit biased, but there's something when we fix our eyes on Jesus, when we look to God and we just remember how great he is, it just puts everything into alignment. And that's what we do each week when we sing these songs, we sing praise and we sing truth over our lives, that we come into alignment with the will of God and, and his purpose over our lives. Um, and so th- this morning, have, have you got your Bibles with you? Has everyone got Bibles? If not, there's an app, Bible app, I think that we, we recommend. And notepads as well. If you've got a notepad with you, I do encourage you to, to take notes this morning because as Stuart said I think we'll be challenged a little bit this morning uh, as we start to look at being led by um, the Holy Spirit. So where are we going? Today I want you to understand two things. I want you to understand that you are, if you call Jesus your Lord and Saviour, if you've accepted him into your life, you are called a son of God, a child of God. And I want you to get a greater understanding of what that means to be a child of God. And then I also want you to understand that a sign or evidence um, of us being children of God is that we are led by the Holy Spirit. So we're going to look at a couple of things. I'm going to look at first, what of all is sonship? What does it mean to be a child um, of God? And then we're going to look at the leading of the Spirit. We're going to look at where the Spirit leads, when the Spirit leads, who the Spirit leads, and how the Spirit leads us. So let's pray together as we start, because I think we're going to need some help as we're challenged on these things this morning. Father God, we thank you for who you are. We raise your name in this place and we glorify you. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for us. Holy Spirit, would you guide and lead us this morning as we look into who you are and and who we are, as as you challenge our identity as children of God. Holy Spirit, would you lead us and guide us this morning? Amen. So we weren't here last weekend, um, and we've, we've really missed it. It feels like so long. When you miss just one week, it feels like forever until you come back again. But we were away at a family wedding, and um, <laughs> we, we have this bit of a joke at home, because whenever I spend time with my family, um, I'm sure some of you will, will be the same, um, I start to talk like them again. Uh, and I start to do the things that I did as I was growing up. I, I act like my dad acts, and I start to say little sayings, you know, in preparation this week, she's laughing at me now, um, in preparation this week, I asked Liv, I said, hey Liv, in what ways am I most like my dad? <laughs> and in the way that only a loving wife can, um, she sighed and then went, gosh, where do I start? And, and started reeling off these things, really great things that I, I'm like my dad. And I love being like my dad. I think my dad's a great guy. Um, but it's interesting that as we spent time with them this weekend, I started to say things that I only say when I'm at home and um, uh, with my parents. And then when I come home, I start saying them to live and she gets all confused. She's like, who is this guy? You, that's like you've changed because you've been with your family. And that's kind of what we're touching on today is when we spend time with our Father, when we allow him and the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us, we start to look and talk and sound like him. And so that's where we're going today. That's what we're going to start looking at. So if you've got your Bibles, let's open up to Romans chapter 8. We're going to start in verse 12 and read through to verse 14. So Romans chapter 8, verse 12 to 14, says this. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, 
You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And so we pick up from last week where we looked at a life of contrast and we looked at when you live um, to please the flesh, you, um, you, will, you will do things of the flesh. But when you live to please the spirit, you will do things that please the spirit. And so we pick up from that here where it says in verse 12, therefore, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Um, but through the power of the spirit, you can put to death the deeds of your sinful nature and you will live. And that's where we pick it up in verse 14, this wonderful verse. That says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And so, first of all, I want to look at, at this passage. Um, it says, those who are led by God are the children of God, but another translation is that we are the sons of God. Um, and I just want to say right from the off, sons of God, um, for all the ladies in the room, this is not exclusive. This is an inclusive term. Uh, when I say son of God, or when the Bible, when it was originally translated to son of God, it is just a grammatical um, thing. Uh, like in French or in Spanish, I think they do it as well. They have two different versions of a word. They have a, ma- a masculine and a feminine version of the word. And all that's happening here when we say son of God is we're defaulting to the masculine and we're referring to plural. So it's interchangeable with child child of God. So if I say son, don't, don't be uh, discounted if you're a lady. I do mean you as well. Um, so we're going to have a look at what does it mean to be a child or a son of God? What is sonship? Well, when we say son of God, uh, the first thing that comes to mind really is, is Jesus. Um, <clears throat> and yes, that's absolutely true. Jesus is and was and is the son of God. And he is the perfect example, the ultimate, the supreme son of God. And he's our great example. But it also means other things. We see in the Bible that actually individuals are referred to as sons of God. So David, for instance, is referred to as a son of God. We as individuals, if we believe in Jesus, are referred to as sons of God. But it also extends to a body of people. Israel as a nation in Exodus are referred to as sons of God. So it's a collective body as well. But the interesting thing, that, as I was looking at it this week, the really interesting thing is that it actually extends beyond people and uh, individuals and groups, but it also extends to angels. If you look at the early chapters of Job, um, you actually see that the angels are referred to as sons of God as well. So let's unpack a little bit what, what it is to what sonship is. Um, I'm going to look at how it refers to us in, as individuals. Um, I can't speak. I'm not an angel, so I can't <laughs> I can't speak as to what that means. But hey, let's have a look at us as individuals. What does it mean to be children of God? Well, sonship in this context um, is not established by paternity. It's not to do with genes, genetics. It's got nothing to do with us, um, our, our genetic line. But it's actually got everything to do, and it's in part wrapped in our family identity and our vocation, what we do. So, in the Old Testament, in old times, um, quite uh, regularly, and in, in places of the world today still, the children of a family are likely, the majority are likely to become what their parents did. So if your father was a baker, the likelihood is you would become a baker. 
If your father was a doctor, you would become a doctor. That's just how it worked. Certainly more so in, in Old Testament times. If, if your family were farmers, you would be taught how to farm and you would take over the family farm. You would, you would take on the family name and the family business. And so as your family teaches um, these things to you, you would then receive your identity. You would receive your vocation, you would receive your job, what you do as a living. If your, fa- if your father was a farmer, you became a farmer. That's what you did. It was your identity. You were known. It's where a lot of our surnames come from, actually. If, you're, if your name is Smith, it probably means that somewhere down the line, someone in your family was a blacksmith. Um, it, it's, it's where you get your identity. It's this idea of sonship. It's you, you follow the family line. And as the family teaches you how to be part of the family, you receive your identity, your vocation, and ultimately your inheritance. And we see this idea of sonship, not in genetics, but in in characteristic um, throughout the Bible as well. There's a couple of examples that I just want to um, bring to you this morning. The first is in 1 Samuel, um, they refer to um, sons of Belial. Um, and Belial, it's, it says in, in, in 1 Samuel, the sons of Belial are called worthless men. Now, this isn't an insult to their fathers. It's not an insult to their family. But what they're saying is they act in such a way that they are like one of those. So it, it, they are saying that they are displaying the characteristics of someone who is worthless. Does that make sense? Great. And a couple of nods, so it's good. Another example for you, a slightly nicer example, is Jesus in the Beatitudes. He actually says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Now, this is a really powerful metaphor, because what Jesus is actually saying here is that God is the ultimate, the supreme peacemaker. And insofar as we make peace, we are like God. Does that make sense? So as we make peace, we are like God in the way that we make peace. So we could say that if there there was a graph and the axis is peace, we are like God when we act in that way. The more peaceful we are, the more like God we are along that axis. When we display the characteristics of God, in this instance peace, we are said to be like God in that respect. And if you act like God, you are sort of God-ish. Um, you, you kind of, you, you start to sound like him, you start to talk like him, you act in the way that he wants you to act. And so we are, we, you know, it, it, doesn't, take, it doesn't take much to notice that we're not perfect. Um, I, I make mistakes all the time, and so I can only be like God on certain axes at certain times. There are times when I try to be extremely peaceful. And there are times where I fail miserably at being peaceful. Um, Ask Liv. Um, (laughs) I try really hard, and we all do, but we don't get it right every time. But the wonderful thing is we have an example in Jesus where he was like God. He was Godish. In fact, he is God on every axis. So in, in, in every axis, he is like God. And he is our perfect example of what it is to be a child or a son of God. Jesus says um, that he does whatever the Father does, and he says whatever the Father says. And so in all areas of his life, in everything he does, in everything he says, he is like God. (laughs) 
And, and when, when I was I was looking into this, um, I, I was thinking, okay, so th- so what we're saying here is that we want to be like God. We want to be more like God uh, on every axis, on more and more axes. We want to become God-ish. And it reminded me of the well-known song that sings, "I want to be like you." I want to walk like you, talk like you. Ooh. <laughs> Do you want me to? I don't want to sing it. I'm not going to sing it now. Maybe later. <laughs> I want to walk like you, talk like you. That one. Anyway. Oh, dear. And that actually, in all seriousness, is what our cry needs to be to Jesus. That's what our cry needs to be. Jesus, I want to be like you. I want to walk like you. I want to talk like you. Ooh. Um, <laughs> And this is where we're heading. This is what we're going to start looking at um, this morning. Nearly said afternoon. This morning. So how do we become Godish? How do we actually outwork this, Jesus, I want to be like you? Well, there's a couple of points that we're going to look at, at um, being led by the Spirit, because that is how we do this. And so we're going to look at where the Spirit leads. We're then going to look at when the Spirit leads, who the Spirit leads, And finally, how the Spirit leads. So let's start, first of all, with where the Spirit leads. Well, the Spirit leads us into God's promises and into his purposes. The Spirit leads us into the purpose of God. As Stuart introduced the message this morning, it is a life of purpose in the Spirit. And that is where the Spirit leads us. He leads us into the purposes of God. In 1 Thessalonians, it says that it is God's will that we be made holy. And what he means by that is it's his will that we be sanctified. It's his will that we would be set apart, that we would be made more like him, that we would become more God-ish. That is God's will for us, that we would move from glory to glory until ultimately we become the victorious overcomers that it speaks of in Revelation. That we become so much like God, that we live so much in the spirit, that there isn't room for us to live in the flesh. That we are so transfixed and transformed by the spirit that we keep our eyes on him. We want to walk like him, talk like him, become him as best we can. In every way we are like him. That is God's will for us and that is where the spirit leads he leads us into our purposes into God's purpose for us and into from glory to glory into being more like him and as we become more and more like God as we become more Godish, it actually makes us more and more aware of the areas that we are not like God um it's a few nods I know this is true because I see it in my life when I start to become like God in one area and I go oh, I've done really well there I then all of a sudden realize oh actually in this area I'm not so much like God um, and so I need to work on that bit as well and that's what it means by glory to glory that is the the process of sanctification we we you we move from glory to glory And so the second area that the Spirit leads us to is to repentance. As we move from glory to glory and we start to realize the areas that we are not like God, we repent. We turn from those things and we say, I don't want to live in the flesh anymore, but actually, Spirit, I want to be led by you. And I want to go where you go. I want to say what you say and I want to do what you do. And so the Spirit leads us to repentance. And how we do that is, um, the third point here is that the Spirit leads us to paths of obedience. 
And so the Spirit leads us to be obedient to God. And as we're obedient to God, we will repent and we will move from glory to glory. And we will become more God-ish. And finally, the Spirit, where does the Spirit lead? The Spirit leads us into truth. The Spirit leads us into truth. Jesus says, um, in, in John it's recorded that Jesus says that the Spirit will guide us into all truth. And the Word of God is truth. The Bible, the Word of God is truth. And so the Spirit leads us into the truth of God's Word. So you know when you're being led by the Spirit because it aligns with the truth of God's Word. So that's where the Spirit leads. We are led into the purposes and the promises of God. We're led from glory to glory to be more like Him. We're led to repentance and we're led in passive obedience into truth. So when does the Spirit lead us? That's where we're going. That's where we're headed. That's where the Spirit wants us to go. But when? When do we go? When do we do it? Well, the answer is, is, is in its simplest form, always. Uh, the Spirit is always leading. Um, it's, it's a continuous act. It's not sporadic. It's not on and off. Um, the Spirit is constantly leading. We just need to be listening and we need to follow. Um, Again, Jesus says in John, when he's talking about, um, he will ask the Father to send his spirit to us, if we love him and obey his commands. He says that he will never leave us. The spirit is always there and always leading. He's always there. Now, the, in Romans, when we read verse 14, there, there is a, a verse that that verse translates actually as this. As many are being led, as many as are being led and continually led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So it is a continuous thing. And if it's a continuous thing, the th- only thing that changes then is us. God is consistent and the Spirit is consistent. And so the thing that changes is us. So we need to learn to listen to the Spirit and we need to learn his lead. Because if he's always talking, if he's always leading, the thing that changes must be those who are following. And so we are those who are following. And so we must um, learn to lead and learn to hear the voice of the Spirit so that you know when it's him leading you. and, And the important thing here is when we're listening to the Spirit, when we're being led by him, we need to learn his voice because it's important that when we feel compelled to do something, that we know that it's the spirit that is leading us and not our flesh. Because it's very easy for us to get excited in the flesh about something and, and mask it as something that the spirit is leading us into. But there's a, there's a check that we can do to make sure that we are being led by the spirit. And that is that we are led into truth. So go to scripture, go to the word of God. Is the spirit leading, is what you feel the spirit is leading you to go to? in line with the word of God and if it is great if it's not it's not the spirit the spirit never never contradicts the word ever it it, it just that's not true it doesn't that never happens the spirit will never contradict the truth of God the word of God so that's when let's have a look at who the spirit leads well the spirit leads all who are led. Uh, we read that in, in the beginning of the chapter, chapter 14. Um, all who are led. But all who are led means those who put to death their sinful nature and choose to love Jesus. So it's not just absolutely everyone. It's those who choose to follow. 
basically is what he's saying. If you choose to follow, he's there to be led. Um, so it is available. The opportunity is there for every single man and woman, boy and girl, to be led by the Holy Spirit. It says in verse 13, yeah, those who put to death their sinful nature will live for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So if we put to death our sinful nature and we choose to live in the Spirit, a life in the Spirit, we will be led by the Spirit. That is the promise of God. Jesus, again, when he's talking about the Holy Spirit, says, if you love me, obey my commands and I will ask the Father to send my Spirit. So there it is again. If you love me, if you've decided that you love Jesus, obey his commands. And he has asked the Father to send his spirit to guide us. So that's who. It's, it's available to every single one of us, which is amazing. Uh, that excites me that the Holy Spirit wants to lead me and he wants to lead you. He wants to lead every single one of us. And um, all we have to do is choose to follow. So how does the spirit lead us? How, in what way does the Spirit lead us? Well, the Spirit is gentle and kind. He's referred to as a, a guide, a comforter, a protector. And he's in the Bible quite often, he's actually um, described as um, a shepherd sort of character. The Holy Spirit is like a shepherd. He leads. How does he lead? He leads like a shepherd. Again, when Jesus is talking about this, he says, A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf. Because they don't belong to him. But I am a good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me. So the Holy Spirit, like a shepherd, is not like a hired hand that doesn't um, care for you. But he's like a shepherd that will guide, that will protect, that will comfort you, that will keep you safe. But he's not rash, he's not aggressive, he's not um, pushy. He loves you and he wants to guide you gently. Lloyd-Jones says this, says there is no violence in Christianity. What the spirit does is to enlighten and persuade because he is a gentle, sensitive spirit. He can easily be grieved. The Holy Spirit never browbeats us. The impulse can be very strong but there is no driving, there is no compulsion. And it's really, really important to make this point that the Spirit will never take over completely. The Spirit does not ask us to step to one side while he takes over. That's not how he works. That's not how truth, how love, how the guidance, the caring guidance of the Holy Spirit works. What the Holy Spirit says is he says, bring all of you forward. I want you to be more and more like God. Because as you bring all of you forward and become more and more like God, I can use you. I can use what God has given you. And so the Holy Spirit doesn't ask us to step aside while he takes over. He says, bring all of you forward and I'm going to propel you. I'm going to lift you. I'm going to use you to do my work. Now that's exciting to me. It sounds a little bit scary to some people I know, but it's not because we know how he leads. He leads like a shepherd. He will not lead us into things that we cannot handle. He will not lead us into um, a, 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 an area where there are wolves and then run away. He's there to protect and guide and be gentle. He actually leads in a very personal way. It's almost as though the Holy Spirit leads us by taking our hand. And he's our personal escort. He takes us gently and carefully, but while protecting us. And he wants to use all of us to do his work.
So where do we go from here? Um, you know, we, we've looked at uh, where, where the Spirit leads. We're being led into God's promises, purposes. We're being led in from glory to glory. We're being led to repentance in passive obedience and into the truth of God. We're being led to become more and more like him. Then when does the Spirit lead? Well, the Spirit's always leading. we just got to choose to follow. We've got to learn to listen to his voice and learn when it is the spirit that is guiding us. Who does the spirit lead? Well, it's available to all of us. That's, that's clear. All who are led, those who put to death their sinful nature and choose to live by the spirit will be led by the spirit. And how does the spirit lead? He leads like a wonderful shepherd, like a beautiful shepherd that is um, caring and loves us deeply and protects us and guides us. So what do we do with it? Well, the call really this morning is, let's follow the Spirit. Uh, it's, it sounds like a great thing to do. I mean, these things, I want those in my life. And so I'm, I'm saying, you know, I want to follow Jesus. I want to follow this Spirit. I want to be led by the Spirit. And as I'm led by the Spirit, I want people to see that I'm a son of God. That's, that's what we want to do. As the Spirit leads us, we want our sonship to be seen. Spurgeon says this, Leading implies following. Those who are enabled to follow the guidance of the divine spirit are most assuredly children of God. If then you are following the lead of God's spirit, you have one of the evidences of sonship. You belong to God. Now, we just need to be willing to be led by the Spirit. And as we are led by the Spirit into the truth of God's promises, we'll be taken from glory to glory and we'll be more Godish. We want to walk like Him, talk like Him. And this is my cry for you this morning is that we have a greater understanding of what it is to be a child of God. But that ultimately we want to show that we are children of God by being led by the Spirit. We want to be led by the Spirit and allow that to be evidence in our lives that we are children of God, that we belong to God, that we are like God. So this week, that's my, that's my call, that's what I want us to do. As the Spirit leads us, let our sonship be seen. And maybe, maybe this morning, this is the first time you've, you've heard about being a child or a son of God, um, and it sounds interesting. Uh, maybe you've been grappling with this for a while. Maybe you've, you've been a Christian for a long time, and, and actually you've, you've forgotten what it is to be a child of God. You've lost your identity. Um, but as we sung about this morning, um, he will leave the 99 to go after the one. Don't ever feel like you've gone too far for God. He will chase you and he will come after you. As I said, as the Spirit does, gently and carefully. He will never push. He will never control. But he wants you to be in his family. And so my cry and my call this, afternoon, uh, this morning is that that's reality for you. That we are led by the Spirit. And as we're led by the Spirit, we would become firm and solid in the knowledge that our identity is as a child of God, that we belong to him, that we are his and he is ours. So if that is you this morning, and maybe you need to return to God, 
maybe you're that sheep that's been missing and you need to come home because God is calling you home. He's searching for you. He's asking. He's holding his hand out and he's saying, come on home. Maybe you're coming home for the first time. And if that's you, that's great. I'd love to chat to you afterwards. But we're going to do something now that would require just a little bit of courage. Um, And maybe you've never made that decision before. And um, this sounds really interesting. Now, the decision we're making here is, yes, Jesus, I understand and I believe that you are the son of God, the supreme and ultimate son of God in every way. And I believe that you came... You taught us how to live, that you died on the cross for our sins, and that three days later you rose again victorious. You conquered the grave, you conquered death. And that's what we're saying when we make this decision. We're going to pray a prayer that says, Jesus, I accept you. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I'm saying, Lord, that I want to be part of your family. I want to be accepted and known as a child of God. And if that's you, all I'm going to do is when we've prayed this prayer, I'm going to ask you to be really, really bold and brave and just shoot your hand up in the air. Everyone's going to have their head bowed. No one's going to see you but me. And if you shoot your hand up in the air, I'd love to come and have a chat with you afterwards because it's the best decision you could ever make. Being led by the Spirit is wonderful. Being known as a child of God changes your life. So let's pray this prayer together. And if that's you, I'm going to say, three, two, one, we'll shoot our hands up and I'll come and have a chat with you. So let's pray this together. Thank you, God, for loving me before I ever loved you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that I can get connected to you now because you are alive today. I admit that I have lived my life without you and I have messed up. I ask for your total forgiveness and I commit myself to you. Help me to submit my life to your teaching and direction from now on. I receive you into my life and I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. So if you could bow your heads. If that's you this morning... And this is a call to return home. You've known God, but you've wondered. And you're hearing him call you home this morning. Or if for the very first time you want to be a part of this family. You want to know God as Abba, Father. I'm going to ask you to be really brave and pop your hand in the air. So if that's you this morning, why don't you pop your hand in the air right now? And we can have a chat after the service about the wonderful decision you're making. Thank you, Jesus. And for all of us here, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you call us your children that you look after as you are a good, good father, that your promises are true, that you are faithful, that you love to call us your children. Holy Spirit, thank you that you guide us. Thank you that you lead us so gently and wonderfully into the promises and the purposes and the truth of God. 
Thank you, Lord, that you call us to be all you've made us to be. So I pray, Lord, this week that as your spirit leads us, our sonship will be seen, that people will become, will come to know you this week. Thank you, Lord. Amen. That's all from us today. Thanks for listening. We pray you have a great day.